Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to episode 22 of Tough Cookie Talks. I don't know about you, but today and this week, I have been feeling really, really, really ragey. And if you're anything like me, you are probably feeling a bit of the same. I have a few things that I need to get off of my chest before we get into today's episode. And I will be honest with you, if what I'm about to say rubs you the wrong way or pisses you off, then this is probably not the podcast and I am probably not the personal trainer for you. So let's get this out of the way before we get into today's episode. I know sometimes I say that things get spicy around here, but friends, I probably say fuck more on this episode than I've ever said on any other episode ever. Um, So if that bothers you, or I guess if you have children around that you don't want to hear that, this is an adult conversation. I know I say get your headphones on, but like seriously, get your headphones on because shit's about to go down. Probably no surprise that the reason why I am so ragey today is because of reproductive rights being in jeopardy. I don't know how else to say this. So I am just going to read a couple of excerpts that I sent to my email list today because when I get really fired up and when I get really upset, I'm not so good at expressing myself or the witty one-liners. I feel like I tend to freeze up and not have the sorts of words in the moment. And I need a minute to marinate on them and do a little bit of journaling. And that's exactly what I did last Tuesday morning when I emailed my list. If you are not on my email list, I will leave a link in the show notes that you can get on there so you can get additional stuff from me. But okay, here goes some stuff from the heart. Reproductive rights being under fire is another flavor of the same shit sandwich that is all things related to diet culture. And if you're here because you like my fitness content and my quote unquote empowering methods for women served up with pretty colors and a smile because you know I'm all about that, but you are not on board with this, if you are not pro-choice, I invite you to take the next step with me to come on this journey with me and get on board with it, you know, or just like click unsubscribe and leave me a bad review or whatever. Either way, 
It is born of the same patriarchal bullshit that keeps women perpetually pursuing smallness, distracted from the bigger, more important things in the world, disconnected from what our bodies are actually feeling, and instead stuck trying to make them what they quote unquote should be moving in ways that will supposedly make us more appealing to the same men who sexually assault us, gaslight us, and then force us to carry their children or try to make laws that will force us to carry their children while facing zero repercussions for their actions. The same people who supposedly care about life, in air quotes, but only when it's convenient for them and their own personal and political agenda. Besides just being the right thing to do from a social justice lens to be on board with this, understanding the deeper roots of why you're struggling with things like body image and your relationship with exercise and your relationship with food is one of the very best ways to get yourself unstuck in these areas. That means learning about systems of oppression like patriarchy like systemic racism. (sighs) I've been angry, like so angry. So many times this week, like so much that I felt like I couldn't do much of anything. Maybe you're feeling this way too. Like I'll be honest, when I first got this news, it was Monday night after I got done teaching and Tuesday came around and I usually lift on Tuesday. I did not want to lift. I did not want to work out. I did not want to go to the gym because I'm in this place right now where I look at like any dude pretty much. Um, and just kind of give them the side eye and be like, are you for this? Are you against this? Like, where are you? What are you trying to do here? Should I be pissed off at you or no? And so I really didn't feel like working out, to be honest. This whole idea of abortion rights has been a hot button for me for as long as I can remember. I don't remember when I first learned it was a thing or how old I was, but I remember debating this girl at my high school about it in health class and basically schooling her, trying to remind her that her religious rights um, or her like religious beliefs and the choices that she would make were things that she had no business inflicting on anyone else. And I still feel that way. But I think I get so fired up about it because I've had this fear, like a huge fear of unplanned pregnancy for as long as I can remember truly. Like I remember, um, many occasions just like taking my birth control pills back in the day and like looking at my friends being like, no babies. I was very, worried that that would happen to me. And in fact, I was very, very, very on the fence about having kids to begin with. And if any of you know me, you know that my son is now 18 months old. I love him more than anything. And I am glad that I decided to go through with that. And also that was an unplanned pregnancy. That was not a part of my game plan. And so in, in doing that and having my son, I was facing my biggest fear and it was the right choice for me. And again, I love my son more than anything, but 
what I know is that everyone else deserves to make their own choice because I'll tell you what, my entire pregnancy and my experience as a new mom has been comparatively easy, quote unquote, and it is still fucking hard, even with every privilege and all of the odds stacked in my favor, like a supportive partner and you know, some access to free childcare and the means to pay for the childcare that I am not able to get from family and friends. And even, even with so many of those odds stacked in my favor and a healthy pregnancy, um, it's still fucking hard. And the fact that anyone thinks that they can inflict that upon anyone or take away that choice for any reason. I want to be like, how fucking dare you? And it fills me with rage. And in those moments, it makes me often feel really stuck back to the idea of how I did not want to work out on Tuesday. And it got me thinking a little bit about the idea of quote unquote joyful movement that it is so often talked about in the health at every size, intuitive eating, anti-diet, body positive, whatever you want to call this space. And I think about that like joyful. I'm sure many of you feel this way right now. It sounds like a joke. Like how the fuck am I supposed to access joy? And so today we're going to talk about some of my unconventional different ideas that I have about the idea of joyful movement and how movement doesn't always have to be quote unquote joyful to not be quote unquote disordered. And that in many cases we need movement to look a variety of ways and to allow us to work through and express and access different kinds of emotions, including rage. And I want to talk about rageful movement today because I will tell you one thing. Um, my workout on Tuesday last week was definitely not joyful. It was definitely rageful and it was definitely a good choice for me that I chose to do that. And I think more people, particularly women, need permission to know that it is okay to approach movement in that way for a variety of ways and that there is power in that. One of the other reasons that I'm kind of like ragey right now in this moment, in addition to all of the reproductive rights stuff, has to do with this blog post that came up on my computer screen right before I recorded this episode, I was trying to find like just a good, simple definition of joyful movement. And surprisingly, like there really wasn't one. There were a lot of people that wrote blog posts about it. And there was one that I found that really, really, really pissed me off. And it was this girl who was talking about like, you know, joyful movement when people talk about it, it's always just like, oh, they're just always dancing and they're never doing anything hard. And like, how dare you tell me that like I can't do hard workouts? 
And friends, especially if you are a fellow professional, like a fitness professional who is promoting this work or anybody in the, you know, health at every size, uh, anti-diet space, a therapist, a dietitian, whatever, I think we need to get a little bit clearer on what this actually means and what we're trying to promote to people. Um, number one, because I think that if we want to convert more people in the fitness industry to helping people, helping our clients to have a more positive relationship with exercise, they need to get on board with this stuff. They need to come along with. And I think we also just need to help our clients understand that number one, quote unquote, joyful movement can look all kinds of ways. Number two, if it doesn't feel completely joyful to you at all times, like Julie Andrews twirling in a goddamn meadow, it doesn't mean that you are doing it wrong. All right. So where do we begin? I guess we're going to start from the very beginning and talk about what exactly is joyful movement. Some of you have probably heard of this term and like you think you know what it means, but I will tell you right now, you really have no idea because number one, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about it. Number two, I think it's going to look different for everyone. A lot of times when you hear joyful movement described, it's described as like taking a long walk or restorative yoga or dancing with your toddler or whatever. Um, But truth be told, those things aren't necessarily quote unquote joyful for every single person. It might look different. But I think we all have a different idea of what counts as like a good time when it comes to any kind of movement, really. In fact, I always laugh a little when my personal training clients ask me if we can do something fun. I have one client who whenever I ask her like, hey, what do you wanna work on today? She's like, I just wanna have fun. And I'm like, I think all of this is fun. Like one of the other things that kind of pissed me off about this blog post that pissed me off (laughs) that I read was this girl was like, there is nothing about working out that's joyful. And I'm like, um, (laughs) like I actually do find lifting heavy weights fun. I get a kick out of it. That's me. I know I'm a weirdo, but that's me. And I think it's okay to feel that way. Um, and I also think that it is okay to do things that don't a hundred percent feel super joyful. And so before I get into this in a little bit more detail, because I know not everyone is going to necessarily agree with me, I want to point out that this entire conversation and everything that surrounds it might be hard for you to find if you've had a disordered relationship with exercise in the past, or you've struggled in the past with using it as punishment or compensation for your food choices. You might have a hard time disconnecting it from those things if you've truly had a disordered relationship with it. You might have a hard time with it if you've previously had a lot of negative experiences with movement or like a traumatizing childhood gym class thing or a very shamey personal trainer. I've definitely heard of clients that have had that sort of thing happen in the past. Um, If you don't feel like you're quote unquote good at anything physical. 
if you're dealing right now with something like chronic pain or chronic illness or disability, um, if you're somebody who does not see yourself represented in fitness marketing, or you don't feel welcome in gym spaces, um, or if you're just feeling completely overwhelmed by the whole thing, it might be a little bit harder for you to find. So right now, what I want to do is, I guess, give you some permission and let you know a couple of things. Number one, if movement doesn't feel quote unquote joyful, or it takes you a long time to find something that feels joyful, that is fine and okay. You are not doing it wrong. Also, you might have kinds of movements that do feel quote unquote joyful or enjoyable to you. And you sometimes choose to do less enjoyable things because they help you to live your life better. If we think about this in the context of food for a moment, right? Like take cake, for example, and then broccoli. If you only ate broccoli all of the time, there would be like no joy in your life. It would kind of be miserable and it would get old and it would get boring. If you only ate cake all the time, this might be hard to believe for some of you, but you might actually get tired of eating cake and eventually start craving something else like broccoli or realize that by eating broccoli, it makes you appreciate the taste of cake more. What I'm getting at is this, there are certain activities that you might choose to do, even though they're not your favorite thing, because they help you live the kind of life that you want to live. You might choose to do step ups at the gym, holding kettlebells because they help you go up and down the stairs, carrying a bunch of stuff with more ease. You might choose to do some strategic strength training because it helps you do other activities better. For example, some conditioning that helps you to jump higher when you dance. I come back to the dance thing often because I am a dancer. And I think often about how, in spite of the fact that I do think strength training is really fun, I attribute myself doing that to still being able to do big jumps in ballet class, even though I'm in my late thirties, because I feel like that's helped to make me more resilient to that kind of movement. Same is true for you. So it's okay if you're choosing to do things that are slightly less quote unquote joyful so that you can then turn around and do the things that you do enjoy more with greater ease, whether that's another physical activity, another kind of movement, or simply living your life, all right? So that's the first thing. Second thing that I wanna say about joyful movement is that sometimes the quote-unquote joy does not come in the doing of the thing. It's not like I'm sitting there like, mid heavy ass squat being like, yes, I love this. This is so fun. But like the moment when I rack that barbell again and I realized that I did that, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel powerful. It ties in and aligns with things that I value. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Sometimes that feeling of joy or any kind of positive emotion doesn't come in the during. It comes in the later. It comes in what that movement can bring you. And 
I want to give a shout out to some of the other, like many not sucky emotions and feelings that you might channel through movements. I want to talk about rageful movements because I really want to make this a thing. Like, can we please start making this a thing? Can you hashtag rageful movement and then tag me if you decide to use it? Because I'll tell you one thing. I'm pissed off. And when I'm pissed off, like, fuck joy. You want me to be joyful? You want me to smile? No, thank you. I want to put on rage against the machine and snatch heavy ass metal balls over my head, my kettlebells, because that helps me to get some of that aggression out. Thinking about last Tuesday again, when I didn't want to lift and I was so angry driving to work that I felt like I just wanted to throw a brick. Like I understand why people want to throw bricks now. Snatching kettlebells kind of accomplished that same feeling for me. And it's socially acceptable to do that, which is great because it probably saved a whole lot of people in the rest of the day, just getting some grief and some stank attitude from me. But you get where I'm going with this, right? Strength training, I think in particular, can be super valuable when you're feeling angry because when anger comes up, there's this like, Pent up aggression, right? This is when you see people who aren't able to release that and they like punch a wall or you feel like you just want to scream into the abyss. You can get that. You can channel that same thing by lifting heavy weights. It lets out that same energy or aggression in a very similar way or at least it does for me. Additionally, the way that you have to breathe when you lift sort of forces you to breathe. And I think the same can be true for a lot of other activities, thinking of yoga, for example, where you really have to breathe to do the thing. And so it forces you to breathe. Do you ever feel like someone just tells you like, oh, just take a deep breath. And you're like, fuck you and your deep breath. Just me. How many times can I say fuck on this podcast episode? (laughs) Do you ever feel that way though? I think whether it is lifting weights for you or whether it is something else for you that allows you to let that aggression out, it's important to find that for yourself if you're feeling angry and know that at times like this, you're probably not going to feel like it. You might have to drag your ass to do it anyway. You're definitely not feeling motivated, but it will likely make you feel better. Additionally, one of the things that I love about lifting the most is that it makes me feel powerful. And I've said this before, but I feel like when you can do hard things in the gym, with weights, with your workouts, it reminds me that I'm powerful. And it reminds you that you have this power and that like, as women, as people with uteruses who are having their rights taken away from them and people are trying, it reminds me of the fight that I have in me. 
And it allows me to let go of some of the disorganized chaos in my brain and let go of some of that rage so that I can actually do something productive with it instead of staying frozen. It also feels like a big finger, like a big middle finger to the patriarchy. Number one, by choosing to do a form of exercise that is not for the purpose of making me smaller, is not for the purpose of making me seem more fuckable to the people that want to take my rights away. And it also makes me smile so hard to look around the gym, and this is going to sound like terrible and I really don't care, to know that in spite of the fact that lifting weights is typically a male-dominated activity, that I know what I'm doing more than most of the men in this space, and that in many cases, I am stronger than them physically. And that's not always the case in every situation, but when you get yourself into that situation, and I guarantee if you don't think this is you, it is probably you. We could go into a whole conversation about my experiences working with male versus female clients, but hey, another story for another day. It just feels good. And that's one of the things that I love about strength training. And it's not joyful all the time. Not joyful. That's okay. Rageful movement, let's make that a thing. You can also, you can also allow movement to be meaningful. And I got this from one of my clients and I cannot remember where, where she got this from. It's a client of mine who is currently working to complete her personal trainer certification and wants to start to work from this same sort of framework when she starts seeing clients. And she talked a little bit about meaningful movement. If anybody knows who coined that phrase or where that's coming from, let me know. But I think that's a beautiful way, um, to connect movement to things that are important to you or things that you value, like truly within you that are not aligned with diet culture. So now that we've gotten that whole idea out of the way, that movement doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote joyful to not be disordered, let's talk about how maybe we can reframe this idea of joyful movement or ask ourselves some better questions to understand if we're actually approaching movement from the right place versus from this place of aligning with patriarchal beauty standards. So here are a couple of questions you might want to ask yourself moving forward. First question, this is one of my favorites. Would I still choose to do this kind of movement if I knew that it would never result in weight loss or aesthetic change? If you're only doing it for that reason, might be a chance to take a step back. Sometimes... Aesthetic change is a side effect of working out. But if you wouldn't still be doing that type of exercise, even if there was no chance in hell that that would be the case for you, it is probably not falling into that category of joyful movement or really any kind of movement that is like non-disordered. Though it's up to you if you want to do it anyway, number one, because your body, your choice 
But also, as we talked about before, there are many other things that you might channel through your workouts. And in many cases, there's a whole lot of gray area between like working out for weight loss or working out for disordered reasons and working out for enjoyment. So this is a question to get curious about. Would I still choose to do this movement if I knew it would never result in weight loss or aesthetic change? Another question for yourself. Do I like the way that it makes me feel during and or immediately after I'm not saying, and I can't say this enough, like exercise is not a substitute for therapy, but does it give you a genuine sense of well-being? Does it give you something? Does it make your life better? Does it make you feel the way that you want to feel as you move about your day? Whether that's feeling super calm and relaxed and chill or feeling like a badass who can take on reproductive rights, take down the patriarchy. Next question you might want to ask yourself is, does it align with your values? A few years back, I did a continuing ed course with Jessie Haggerty. If you're not familiar with her, she is a anti-diet. She's an anti-diet dietitian who um, is also a personal trainer, and she had a course on coaching body image and nutrition for fitness professionals. She did this thing with us uh, where she used a values assessment, and this is something that I in turn incorporate with all of my clients. If you think about your values, what do you value in general? Learning, accomplishments, playfulness, connection, In fact, if you want this list from me and you're not a current client of mine, shoot me an email, jenna at itsjennaj.com. I will send it right over to you because chances are, and this ties into the meaningful movement thing, movement that somehow aligns with your personal values is probably going to give you a deeper sense of joy. I'm not talking like Julie Andrews twirling in a meadow, just like beaming and giggling joy, but like a deeper sense of feeling fulfilled and content. Another question to ask yourself is, have your preferences changed over the years? Because there are a lot of different things that play into what we like and dislike. And sometimes life circumstances can cause that to change. And if you're not very tuned in with yourself, you might not bother to ask. So there might've been a period in your life when you were super into, you know, say like Pilates or yoga or something like that. And then your life circumstances changed. Maybe you move somewhere warm and all of a sudden you're super into outdoor activities. Like you've taken up a sport or all of a sudden, because you live in a neighborhood that's more enjoyable to be outside that you like to run or ride your bike. It's important to check in with yourself with this stuff and also know that it's totally okay for your preferences to change. It's just important to check in with yourself. And sometimes those preferences can change from day to day. Why? Which is why I think it's wonderful to have many tools in your toolbox. Sometimes you do want to twirl in a damn meadow. Some days you want to lift some heavy shit. All depends and it can all change and they can all be tools in your toolbox. And if you're listening to this and you're anything like me and you're maybe like a little rougher around the edges and a little more gritty and you're not sure 
that you're completely on board with this idea of joyful movement to begin with, I want to encourage you to go back and check out my episode 18. It's uh, entitled, Is Body Positive Slash Weight Inclusive Slash Anti-Diet Fitness Too Easy? Go check that one out because I think it will shed a lot of insight into what I've talked about here and how you might move forward with that. A couple of other episodes that I'll recommend if you're not clear, if you actually have like a bad or disordered relationship with exercise, go check out episode number 10, how to know if you're in a bad relationship with exercise. And then If you feel like you still kind of have these aesthetic fitness goals and you don't know how to kind of untangle yourself from that idea, you want to listen to episode 11. It is called The Problem with Aesthetic Fitness Goals and What to Do Instead. So those are a few show episode suggestions that will help you to deepen your understanding of your relationship with exercise and how to move forward with movement in a way that is not disordered or just like bowing down to patriarchal beauty standards through your workouts. And instead, find a way to approach it that might be joyful or maybe it might be rageful or maybe it might help you to work through some of the other shit that you're feeling. Or maybe it's just like tolerable. Maybe it's just like, okay, good, fine. You check the box and you move on with your day in the same way that you can eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and it feeds you and it's good enough, even if it's not like the most decadent, gourmet, joyful meal or whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's really all I have today on the whole joyful movement piece. I hope that this has given you a new perspective on how to approach movement differently and also serves as an acknowledgement that it is okay if you are pissed off. I would encourage you to dig deeper into that because if you are somebody who is feeling angry about reproductive rights in this country and you are somebody who is also working to let go of diet culture, I promise you it is all intertwined and understanding how these things are two different flavors of the same shit sandwich, as I would say, will help you to find a deeper connection with this stuff and help you to stand on more solid ground in your journey as you work to do bigger and better things with your life because you've also chosen to let go of the perpetual pursuit of smallness through exercise. And I want you to know this too. None of this is easy. It's okay if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling rage, if you're feeling grief, really, if you're feeling anything at all right now, and if those feelings are causing you to not feel like doing much of anything at all, I would encourage you to channel that and do what you need to do to kind of work that through your system. 
I'm really hoping that something that comes through and that we can all stay strong and fight back. I don't know what that looks like for now, but we're hanging in. It's all I got. Have a day. Not even a great day, not even a joyful day, just a day. Have a day and we'll talk soon. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you wanna learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and wanna hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.